afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. It's November the 3rd, 2022. It's another technical for podcast. No, no, we're good. Wonderful. Uh, another Take Awful Podcast. Glad you could join us today. If it's your first time here, welcome. Thank you for giving us a shot. We talk about video games, movies, television, a little bit of everything, really, these days. Whatever suits our fancy at the time. I'm glad you could join us. If you're uh, catching us on the RSS feeds, thank you as well. Or on YouTube, if you're watching the videos so that you can see whether or not Jeff will stand on his chair again. Did Good I luck. stand on my chair? Uh, you almost did two uh, two weeks ago. Oh, okay, all right. Almost I did. Been, yeah, I must have been getting really worked up then. Yeah, you were getting you were getting you were you, you you get it wasn't quite a stand. It was a it was like a hands on the arms, like up in a lean kind of a situation. And I think it was I think it, if I remember correctly, um, I can't remember if it was if it was uh, Overwatch ad stuff. Must or ad, ad incentive. incentive. Yeah, Must it's one the of the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the two. There's only really two things to get you fired up these days. That's it, man. Overwatch and ad incentives. That's the <laughs> that's the show. That's the show. That's all there is to it. Uh, yeah, another great show lined up for you today. Uh, and uh, once again, glad you could uh, join us. But before we get started, of course, get the most important question of the week, Mister Black. How's your week? Um, it's been a week. It's been a week. Uh, mm. closed on the four properties. Um, so that's done. I'm wonderful. The official, uh, official owner now. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much that. So you're waiting that, on 400 windows to arrive. Yeah. 21 of them. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we have. Man, we're doing some crazy amount of work, and we're doing it quick too. So, we're reciting all of the houses, um, all new front uh, decks. The architect is all finished, uh, drawings and stuff. They're just waiting for the permit to be approved, which is supposed to happen today. So I, I haven't even checked my email. So hopefully we get good good word about that, and that's done. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just a bunch of shit. Obviously, new windows. The windows are going to take. Uh, I think they're going to be in all of them except for two that had to be uh, customed, like two custom-sized windows. They're all going to be here, I think, in the next two weeks. Um, so at some point this month. Um, so that's going to get done. And we're just trying to get it all all the exterior stuff done before the shit weather really starts hammering down. And uh, fortunately, like, weather is still pretty fucking nice right now. Incredible. So um i think uh, i think november fingers crossed will be a pretty mild november and probably most of december will be mild as well but uh you never know it could turn on a dime Who knows? Well, uh, mild still mean uh, you know it just means rain instead of snow right no, correct, and so yeah. and so yeah we've been we've been extraordinarily lucky uh, you know as far as as far as the weather goes especially for any kind of outdoor work has been uh been amazing um yeah, so uh, our windows finally got put in. Oh, that happened. Um, depending on how fussy I want to be, they might have to do some fix-up work. Uh, they do have to come back because uh, some of the foam work that they did uh, around one of the windows didn't quite 
seal it up so there's a small draft still coming through on one of Bro, them? Take um uh once I'm assuming it's all dry now. It usually only takes twenty four hours, but Oh, it's long since dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um get a hose, man, and fucking spray the shit from every angle on all those windows you put in. Make mm. sure there's no leaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make do sure there's that. no air bubbles like, anywhere. Do, like, yeah, do that. Yep. And I mean, spray it fucking good. Spray it up close. Spray from the top. Spray from the bottom. And then go on the inside. Um, and then take a look uh, to see if there's any stuff. And I mean, spray it for a while so that if there is yeah, the any water buildup, it'll, it'll you'll be able to see. Yeah, you'll be able to see. That's what I always do. And I've caught a few windows that were not properly installed, um, or at yeah. least not sealed correctly. And you're better off to do that now while you while, while it's fresh. And yeah, like well, exactly. Still, yeah, you're still committed to your business, opposed yeah. to six months, nine months down the road, where like you get some shit weather. Especially now, we might not get a whole lot more rain over the. Like we could be getting snow here pretty soon, right? You'll yeah. just never know. So uh, hit it hard. Yeah. The um, <clears throat> we know they at least installed them well because I was there and Dad was there. We watched the entire fucking process. It's just I think this one just didn't quite get foamed enough so that yeah. will be easy enough the only other problem was that on the patio door whoever did the measurement for the door originally because you know somebody comes in and does the measurement and then hands it off and then there's like th th first of all i think of my experience with this so far is would be my takeaway is there's too many there's too many cooks in the kitchen with this shit if you know what i mean so like you get you call somebody up it's your sales guy then you get the sales guy, you get uh, you know, puts together your uh, uh, your uh, your order form or whatever. And they come out and, and they send another guy out. Another guy comes out, and that guy, his entire job is to measure all of the fucking windows and doors and whatever else that you got, write it into their book so that they can take it back and get your quote. And you get your quote back, and you're like, yeah, your nay, and you send that back off uh, uh, to them, and then eventually they send out uh, right before. Or, or supposedly right before, it didn't happen this time, they do a final measurement. So they send out another person to make damn sure that every window opening and door opening is exactly what the first person came in as if they were some sort of fucking intern. And so they take all the fucking measurements again, like, yeah, as a matter of fact, it is the exact same measurements. Nothing has changed here in the last two months. And then they come back again. And then eventually, millions of years in the future, they send people out to actually install this shit. And when they get out there... Here's the problem with the patio door, was the guy that measured it, he did a real damn good job of measuring it. Mostly because Dad and I had already exposed most of, like, a, a good chunk of the frame, uh, where the, the old door and two windows were located. So it wasn't like he was guessing, like, oh, we gotta find a stud, like a, like a nail pop or screw pop, and then take a, a fucking stab at it. You could literally see the fucking frame. So he's just like, alright, so he measures it. And so it's bang on. So he sends that measurement off, and when they, when they fabbed the, uh, the unit, uh, they were a little too precise. Like, you know, the, most of these things are shimmed into place, right? Like, most yeah. doors oh, are yeah. not hard up yeah. against the fucking, uh, 2x6 yeah. or whatever else. Like, there's a, there's a good gap. Sometimes it's like, you know, three quarters of an inch, you know, half an inch, uh, gap. No, this bitch didn't need a shim. Any, this, this was tighter than hell. So tight, in fact... That he had, he's, you know, they got the oscillator saw out, trying to fucking, like, make room for this bitch, and then one of the guys on the outside has got his boots going, wham, wham, kicking the corner of the fucking, uh, patio, my $2,500 patio door, uh, to get it into this hole, and, uh, and I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, boys, please don't, 
Don't do this to me. Don't, don't do fuck this. The, don't fuck this up. Stop don't, the madness, man. Don't, don't do fuck it. this up. So anyway, they get it. They get it in. Any scuff marks that would have been on that corner are hidden because it's hidden well below, like the 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 uh, the face, you know, uh, the the finish work that they put on the outside. But on the inside, when they were taking the doors out, because the frame is separate from the doors, of, of course. And so when they were taking the doors out of the truck or putting them in, whoever did it, I don't know, because I wasn't there to watch them offload or whatever. It's like they were fucking grating cheese on that oh, bitch. No. And oh. so it is, it, when they were installed it, I noticed it was like, it had like some grease and shit on it. I was like, are you guys going to clean that before you go? He's like, oh yeah, 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 we're going to clean that up. So clean it up before, we, uh, and they headed out, and, uh, and it was like raining that day or whatever, so I just like got them out of there. Because nothing I would have, uh, nothing I would have told them that day was going to change anything. Because they're just the installers. I'm going to have to call somebody else. So all it's going to do is piss off the fucking installers. And honestly, they were both fucking smokers. I didn't want them in my house anymore anyway, because I'm going to have to take three weeks to air this bitch out. Because all they were doing is fucking smoking cigarettes and throwing them in my driveway the entire time. So they get out of here and the whole side of the fucking patio door, like the sliding part of the door on the, on the inside is just scratched to shit. Oh, fuck. On a $2,500 door. (laughs) You have one job. One. I know it's difficult, don't get me wrong. A seven foot wide fucking patio door with only two dudes in the rain? That's a shit job. I understand it. But how of the one thing that you managed to fuck up, it was drag the fucking door on the truck bed before taking it out is beyond me. So anyway, we have somebody coming to take a look at all this shit and then they'll send somebody else out to uh, assess the situation. Uh, oh, also, they fuck the caulking up on the outside of the patio door. So now I'm going to have to have this guy that comes check the caulking on everything. every single oh, window. Yeah. Oh, hell Ev- yeah. Everything. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Everything. Because yeah, the, the, the patio, the bottom of the patio, the caulking is broken <laughs> on, on like seven inch runs. Nah, bro. It's that caved and broken. What the fuck they do? They How do you mess up caulking? Yeah, you, dude, I can do caulking, all right? I like, it might look re- ugly. Like, it might not be pretty, but it's not difficult to fill the yeah. fucking gap along and the bottom. And then you can just, like, you can cut out the shit. Like, if, if it's not pretty, you can cut it out and be done with it. But, like, how do you fuck Bro, that it, up? it was damp outside. You could have held your thumb up to the fucking air for yeah. three seconds, Dude. got moist, and just gone, woo, yeah. right for across the, love, the bottom. <laughs> yeah, the love of God, Adam, please. Before they go there, get a fucking hose and hose down your back patio, the fucking windows. Spray oh, that we bitch will be, shit. We will be very thorough <laughs> because there is no shot that after all this money... Now, this, the shitty thing is these windows are all amazing, right? It's just the installation lacking a little fucking finesse, yeah. right? So, anyway... Sounds it's like just fun. like when it comes to when it comes to installers, it's such a gamble. I mean, you would know yeah. this. You've probably experienced it. You're either going to get some dude who's been here. There's two stereotypes I've run into. We got the latter here. So the former is some dude who takes his job very fucking seriously. Right? He shows up exactly when they mean to show up. They are very upfront with you as to when something's going to go wrong or whatever. They only say about three words the entire time they're on site. They literally never speak. All they're doing is working. The job is done. They clean up after themselves. They shake your hand. They go, and then they leave. That's like, that's, that's category one. Category category two. That's the category you want. That's the category you want. 
That's the category you want, for sure. And it doesn't have anything to do with age. Some people might be like, oh, the older guy's more experienced, whatever. Not necessarily always the case. Sometimes you get a young guy who's been trained really well, and they do a good job. But uh, the second category, which is the category we got, uh, are uh, two guys who uh, who were, and Jeff would understand this joke, the two guys that were eyes of eyes and do's and don'ts and, and, uh, and all that in between. And they never shut the fuck up. The whole time they're there, they're humming to themselves, they're singing to themselves, they're cursing out loud every time something something's a little frustrating, like, oh, fuck, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. like the whole fucking time, complaining about how they're like aches and pains, this man's like fucking 49 years old, aches and pains, and oh, I'm getting too old for this shit, and all the other stuff, we got that, we got that version. <laughs> and, and I, and I said, nice guys, like, no, as people, very nice, as installers, no. <laughs> no. Do not want. No. And, and, and when, they, when they first showed up on the first day, I said, so what are you going to do to tackle today, boys? Because this was the really nice day of the two. It was, it was, it was Halloween. And so we mm. had this amazing Halloween. Probably the nicest Halloween we had in 20 fucking years. Oh, I haven't seen a nicer Halloween. Does it's it crazy. even get any better? Does it actually no, get any better? No. When it's okay. warm enough for shorts on Halloween night. It yeah. don't get any better. Normally, it's like six degrees and pissing rain here, yep. like clockwork every year. So this was a crazy, amazing day. So I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, they're going to do the patio door today because it's a seven foot fucking wide hole in the wall and it's a pain in the ass. And so I said, you going to start with the fucking patio today, boys? And the, oh, the older of the two guys said, nope, it's his first day on the job. And I went, oh, 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 no. Oh, I would have been. <laughs> I would have. I. They would have just seen me do sign language all of a sudden. It would have went like this. <laughs> time, time out. Yes. Time out. We need, we need to take a time out real in quick. Fairness, in fairness to the other guy who was like younger, but he's probably like 37, 38 or whatever. Uh, in fairness to him, it's not that it was his first rodeo in construction at all. And I think he had actually done some window installation before. Because he didn't need, a, I was there the whole day, he didn't need a hell of a lot of instruction from this guy, like he was doing things rel- relatively readily, and clearly had done most of his life, in fact, dad talked to him, he just bought a, like, a fucking 200-year-old home out in the valley, he's redoing a bunch of the work himself, so he's not completely, it's not that he's necessarily incompetent, it's just that it was, it was like his, his, not first, but like, 1.5 rodeo, like he, like he had sort of done this before, but not necessarily... Yeah. You know, enough to just do it himself if, he, if, the, if the older guy wasn't there, right? So I was like, oh, cool. Great. <laughs> Great. Guess we're, guess we're going to break you in. There we go. Have fun. So scratch the shit out of my door. Yeah, Thank fuck you. that shit up. Uh, so anyway, that was, that was the experience uh, thus far, uh, and, uh, which is unfortunate because when, when mom and dad had these same people do their stuff, it was like the smoothest fucking ass, like just baby ass smooth from beginning to end. Flawless. The order experience, flawless. The guys that came up to install, dad, like dad, and dad very finicky with all of this shit. Dad was super impressed. It was like, this is fucking incredible. These guys are absolute pros. Did everything flawlessly, cleaned up. The, they even did the molding and shit around the window, which they don't technically do. Shit was just fucking banged up. The whole way is incredible. We did not get that. <laughs> 
There you go, bro. There you go. So it is what it is. Uh, like, other than that, you know, we continue to get some work done in the house. Uh, we uh, have the the handrail is gonna, uh, for outside is going to arrive tomorrow, so we'll start looking at ways to install that. And uh, all the outdoor patio stone work is done. Um, inside, we moved everything out of the way and got things set up so that we will be able to start laying floor uh as well and we're gonna lay the back half of the house and install the cabinet so that the cabinet guys can come in to measure for countertops because it's gonna be like fucking january or whatever until countertops are available so we got to get this done as fast as possible so we're not using plywood for a countertop for like fucking six months so we got uh we got that on the docket and we've gotten to the point now where so much shit is done that Unless we have the materials on hand, there's not really much to do with the house. Like, we're at that point. And, uh, and so it's just kind of like a, hopefully, as smoothly as possible, acquire all the materials that we can to get it done. Uh, and so far, so good, aside from, you know, the, the small inconveniences. It's not like the fucking, you know, if they come in, they fix the, the foam and shit, wouldn't be in the world. But when you spend that much yeah, money on a patio you spend door. $2,500 $2, on a door, you expect that you will be the one that'll scratch it, not yes. somebody the day one as it's going into your newly renovated house to just see the, and every time it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a door or, or like a basement door going out <laughs> to like a, a side entrance of a, a, you know, and a dungeon that you never use. It's a feature. It's a, it's feature, a feature door. Feature, yeah. It's, it's your big ass <laughs> patio door that you're going to use all the fucking time that everybody's going to see, including yourself. And every time you go there, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. Like, so at, least, at least let me scratch it. Fuck. Uh, well, exactly. And it's, it's one of those places where nobody else would see it. But you know it's there. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's already like, I've already done so much work in this house that when I walk in the door, I see every, I see every, oh, yeah. like, what might, what like I would consider to be not, it's not perfect. And I can see it. Nobody else is going to see that shit. Ever. But I will. <laughs> Drive me fucking crazy. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. I'm the one walking through that door every day going, oh, you son of a bitch. Why did you fuck that up? But anyway. Anyway, we'll get it we'll get it done. We're still on track for for getting the for for starting the move, the actual moving moving process. Um uh towards the end of this month. We're still on track for that. It's the flooring will go in pretty like very smoothly. There's nothing stopping us there. And, uh, and it will just be how fast can we put Ikea cabinets together? It's kind of where we're at right now. So Spoiler exciting alert, times. It ain't going to be that fast. That no, shit probably is, not. Well, like, that uh, shit's uh, nightmare fuel. The way, the way that the, that, uh, it was described to us by one of the contractors that were at the house for something else at the time, I can't remember what it was, was, I, uh, was installers love Ikea cabinets the second time they install them. So the first time is a nightmare. But after you've done it once, it's the fastest cabinet install by miles of everything that they do. So you just have to get over this. The problem is, I mean, we only have one set, so it's just going to be the shit time the one time. But, you know, it can't oh, be any to... worse than any of the other shit we've done in this household uh, at this point. I did, I did pre-built from Kent, and that shit was legit the easiest. You had to put a door on, on each Oh, on each right, cabinet. they ship them, like, uh, prefabbed, and then you're just... Do they, do they, like, Ikea uses a rail system. What is Kent's prefab? Do they hook onto the wall, or are you, are you screwing it into no, the wall? No, you, you screw it into the wall. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's so what I kind of like you, about Ikea is, is that it's like a rail system, which is kind of nice. 
you can get that if you want. Like there's a like you can buy that sort of stuff, but like yeah. the way the cabinets are, like the way they're designed, you just need to know where the studs are on the on your on your wall and, and then hope that you have like conveniently placed studs for yeah, the cabinets. We, we did it we did come across a couple of those those issues where it was like it was an older build and so the, it wasn't like to code, I guess, like standard. <laughs> so you'd have like you know, he studs every 16, but then one you'd have on 24 and then like one, you'd just wouldn't be there or whatnot. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, that, that was, that was interesting, but, but you know, it was, it was an easy fix because what we did is we just drill, like we just drill into the wall and just put like a little, a stud on there and you're not, you're never going to see it because the cabinets are, yes, yeah, are yeah. there anyway. So yeah, yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's it true. Uh, like in our, in our place, I didn't, after all the walls, we I didn't trust a fucking stud in that entire fucking house. Downstairs, in the basement, the ones that are already in there, the older ones that we kept, <clears throat> we kept and we just, like, painted to bring them up. They got screws on every fucking angle. They got shit, like, literally right through the corner of the cabinet trying to find studs. Shit's just in every fucking direction because they couldn't find a damn thing. And that's on an exterior wall. So I can't even imagine what it would have been like for us trying to find shit on the interior. So I just said, nah, give me that, yeah, no. give me that rail system. Choo-choo. Anyway, video game news. Mr. Black, you were talking about some video game news. Sure. Twitter lost one of the pillars. This means nothing to you, but it almost it, it, it killed the podcast topic section on, on Discord this week. Uh, Twitter lost one of the pillars of the video game news. Uh, I guess if there was an industry for it on Twitter, this would be uh, the he, he'd be the top of the food chain. Uh, Nibel, the account known as Nibel, stepped away from the platform following an attempt to monetize their work via Patreon. Uh, this, the, the Patreon, I think, was just a, a month or two ago. Uh, it did not perform as well as uh, they had hoped for the time that they had been invested. So this, this account is old. This is like a 10-year-old account. Um, uh, Mob, what is it? Mob Psycho, I think, is the anime that the profile picture comes from. It's just a plain yellow background. That one character. Banner's the same thing. And, and all they've done on the side is, like, to the fucking second. I don't even know how this person pulled it off. To the second news for gaming for years and years and years and years. Basically, it was like an, uh, an RSS feed. So, you know, like an RSS feed, scrape a bunch of websites, give you a fucking readout, okay? Yeah. Nibel was the greatest human-operated RSS feed for video game news to have ever fucking existed. He was probably half the reason I even used Twitter in the first place for the longest time, because it would mean that if there were, like, five different events, and and there are 20 different publications covering this shit, and not all of the publications got the news right, or they didn't, or they had some of the coverage, but not all the coverage, Nibel had the best, and no bias, he just posted the news. There was no opinion or anything, stripped all the most salient and important information out and fucking put it in a thread for everything that ever fucking happened basically in the gaming industry that anyone would give a shit about. And did it for years. Had a huge following and uh, and obviously lots of content creators, podcasters like uh, like us, uh, game developers, everyone that, uh, that followed the guy um, uh, was, uh, was, was rattled on that day. In fact, he trended on Twitter, had over 30,000 fucking tweets specifically about Nibel on the day that he left the platform. Um, and, uh, yeah, just unfortunate, uh, that it went down that way. I didn't think that they were going to make a ton of money on Patreon because, uh, Twitter users are not used to being monetized in any way, shape, or form. And Twitter was their only real platform. They didn't invest 
a bunch of time in like trying to spin out YouTube or or a live stream or anything like that. And so, uh, uh, and, and so that was, that was it. And I, so I didn't think it was going to make a ton of money. I did think that it was gonna, like, or hoped that it was going to make enough money to keep them going to, it, to justify the time sink to make, to do all this work. Cause it was like a fucking full-time job basically. So, um, anyway, they posted on, uh, their Patreon about, uh, about it and mentioned they, uh, the Patreon, uh, did relatively well at first, but then significantly dropped off after the first month, like, tanked out really hard, below the threshold that they had set for themselves, where they said this would be worth the investment of time to continue doing this after years of doing it. Um, and then the, uh, towards the end, the, uh, uh, Nibel also mentioned that, uh, they didn't have a lot of faith in the leadership at Twitter before, for years. They've been here for 10 years, so they've seen it from Jack all the way through, uh, and they have... They, and they didn't have any more faith that the new leadership was going to do any better. And so they didn't want to spend more time investing in, in the platform if uh, all of that time in the platform. So they decided to uh, to shut it down and focus on uh, on other pursuits. There's a lot of people trying to figure out if he can get like a job at a publication or something, because clearly he's very good at his fucking job or they're very good at their job. But they were just trying to do this, I think, as a side gig. So anyway, the, the long so- short of it is, everyone was in shambles uh, about trying to get, like, new sources of, uh, of, of, or ways of getting news for podcasts and, and other publications, because it uh, it's difficult to, to do that now with so much on the internet, and Ibo just had the sauce every fucking time. If you knew that one Twitter account, you were, you were basically fucking golden. Uh, so uh, whatever Nibel gets out there and does, Godspeed. They kept the account open. Um, so I'm, I'm praying for a fucking return in the future, but, uh, but for now, uh, yeah, the, the account has come to a close. A very old and very pivotal account for, for Twitter has, uh, has shut the doors. Uh, leading up to the sequel release, and lots of people are talking about this game today because, uh, it, uh, the, the veil has been lifted for the embargo, so we're getting review scores for God of War Ragnarok. Uh, God of War 2018, so the, the one that came right before this was announced to have topped 23 million units sold, which is a shitload of copies for a first-person, or, uh, sorry, a single-player game that's locked to a single console, or was for the longest time. Uh, wait, did God of War make it to, to Steam? Was that one of the ones they ported to Steam yet? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Because Sony's done a couple, and I can't remember... I know Horizon is. I can't remember God of War is. Either way, the vast majority of that 23 million, whether or not it was on the PC, is on the PlayStation. Um... PS4, you know, has an install base of like a hundred and something million units. And so, you know, one in every five, essentially, console owners of PS4 bought God of War. Uh, and that's an enormous attach rate for a game like that. It's not a multiplayer game or anything of that nature. It's just a single player fucking game. And uh, that's that's big numbers. Ragnarok doing very well. Uh, the Metacritic scores seem to be tracking to be about the same as the last one, which is to say, very good. The last one, I think, netted 94 overall. Uh, this seems to be doing just about the same numbers. And so, uh, and so, you know, uh, well done, Sony Santa Monica. You've done it again, you crazy bastards. Good luck doing it a third time, because I'm sure now the question is going to be, after these people probably take a, a well-earned vacation, is what the fuck do we do now? You got, imagine how much pressure it must be to have uh, uh, when you're a company that cranks out mostly exclusives for a single console, and you're known for uh, for putting out nothing but certified fucking bangers. But they're not like 
cheap bangers. They're not like an indie darling type shit. It's the, we just spent $300 million to make this game the certified banger. Like, how, how much pressure is it to continue doing that for like, I mean, they're going to be going on, you know, 15 years or some shit. I imagine Blizzard uh, back in the day felt very similar in that regard with like, oh my God, how do we keep the train going? Uh, on this you know eventually it's going to happen where it doesn't right where you put out that first just ass cheeks doesn't hit right uh video game must be fucking incredibly stressful uh uh for them but so far flawless record out of sony santa monica as they continue to crush it did you ever play the uh, 2018 god of war back uh back when it came out no did you play the older ones like on the playstation I played the original yeah 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 yeah, they were pretty good too, as it turns yeah, out. Yeah, fun. Not bad. Fun. Although they were, I believe, the the games that uh, that got us stuck with uh, quick time event buttons for like the next half decade or some shit. I think they were the ones that really popularized the uh, press X to do thing on screen, where you have like X and amount of time to press like the certain button combination to do that shit, and then every godforsaken video game for like the next five, six, seven years did the exact same shit and everyone was yeah. fucking like the mat i think i think everyone really packed it in i can't remember what game it was i think it might have been a horror game or it might even been like a doom game or something like that but anyway uh where in order to open like a bunch of different doors you had to mash x or some shit and people were oh, like no, no stop the madness come on yeah. nobody won't just make me press it once i don't want to mash buttons to open a fucking door uh Oh, Sony announced the PS VR 2 launch date this week. In fact, I think it was just yesterday that they put that uh, that info out. You have the original PS VR, I believe. I do. I do. The neckbreaker, uh, as we uh, as we would like to call it. Uh, Been at my buddy's house for like two years at this point he's he's just he's just went that it. bitch out and been uh he's had it just ever never since got it back yeah just never <laughs> got it back. well you haven't any reason to use it so i guess you no, know I ultimately really yeah care. i think the the primary one was resident evil 7 yeah that was the one that you marathoned and then gave yourself like a fucking aneurysm for like the next like three, three fucking days yeah it was brutal <laughs> that shit is heavy like i like when i put it on at your place uh that uh, just the one night i put on i was like how did you wear this bitch for yeah. like eight straight hours yeah it was like 10 it was 10 that's nuts yeah bro i had to do like brock lesnar neck bridges yeah trying I mean, to I, fucking get ready for that yeah. i mean i had to take breaks and like fucking <laughs> but the last hour was was pain it torture was like legit it was legit pain did you get like vertigo or anything after 10 hours in VR when you took it off finally and started walking around the house or did the no, breaks because, help like No, because I would take um I would take uh, periodic breaks like every 20 minutes, half hour, you know, take take that cuz it would just be sore. Like my neck would yeah. just get so sore. And then it got to the point where I I would um like when you're when 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 you're in the VR on the on the PlayStation anyway, you you got to almost always recalibrate there's like a button that you can click so that like say if say if i'm sunk down in my seat more um instead of like my character or my view going down you can hold a button and then it'll recalibrate for this like it'll it'll all your new position it'll center yeah it'll center your new position so like i remember the first uh, the last like two hours uh, my neck was so sore that i i um i had like those theater seats and i 
I laid it back so that like basically my head was you're like looking at the ceiling i was looking at the ceiling but then i recalibrated as if yeah, i was yeah. i was looking at the ceiling but i was actually straight ahead just so that i could finish the game <laughs> it was brutal it was brutal it was brutal did that fuck with your head because you would know that you were looking up but in the game you were looking straight it did, did that like bit. kind of fuck you up it did for a bit but you just kind of you just kind of get used to it it's kind of hard to explain but you didn't get any yeah. headaches or anything other than from the neck pain no they're like yeah yeah uh, so the price of this bad boy. It ain't cheap, Mr. Black. Jim Ryan's coming for your pocketbook. Mm. It's, it's coming out at 549 US dollars. I won't be buying it. <laughs> well, I mean, that. like, take, for, a, for a VR headset, you know, if you go all the way on, like, a Vive, like, the newest version of Vive or whatever, it's probably, like, 1500 fucking dollars or some shit. It's yeah, my, also my substantially Oculus. better. Oh, I've got it. I've got the new Riff, so. Yeah, yeah. cheap. Yeah, um, so this is, I mean, I, ha- I and I think even at 549 they're selling this bitch at a loss, like, uh, it's gotta be, um, and I still don't really understand why Sony is putting so much money into this VR shit, I mean, I, I would like to know, I don't know if there are numbers for it, uh, but I'd love to know how many of the old headset they actually sold, and then how much software they actually sold per headset. Yeah, but have you seen, have you seen some of this VR shit that they have in Unreal 5? It looks fucking oh unreal 5 nuts. will be crazy it actually yeah. looks nuts like yeah. you get unreal 5 you like you remember like imagine silent hill right like the new that that, yeah, that old yeah, yeah. new silent hill and unreal 5 engine in vr like oh my god bro it's gonna feel like you, you're actually there there the like, biggest thumbs up will be can you wear it without having a neck spasm Will be I hope the, so. Uh, like, I hope they can get it to the point where it's almost just like wearing goggles and not necessarily yeah. these big fucking bulky ass things. It's going to have to get there. Like, the technology will eventually get there. I just don't know yeah. if it, we're going to see it. We're not going to probably see it on this this generation of <laughs> VR, but maybe on the next one. Who knows? Uh, but yes, yeah, so it's $549 uh, US for the headset. Comes with the headphones uh, and, the you know, the two hand controllers uh but yeah so you know uh godspeed if anyone ends up picking that bad boy up let us know uh how it goes it uh it uh, doesn't launch however until february uh again february 22nd 2023 but uh let us know pre-orders start up on november 15th uh if you're looking for an early christmas present for yourself to uh, receive in the future uh and yeah the most of the games they announced for it are kind of just like ports from the psvr1 onto the psvr2 and i think if you own the psvr1 copies you get a free up upgrade to the psvr2 so if you buy it and you were already in the ecosystem with the previous headset and you have some games you'll at least have something to fucking play with when you first get it which is i guess better than nothing uh but 549 bucks is fucking steep because that shit's nearly the cost of the console uh and that's that's just that's tough that's tough we'll see how it sells though i'm sure we'll get some numbers uh and and be able to talk about that uh not that uh anyone didn't already know mr black but phil spencer er, uh, actually admitted finally publicly that the xbox has gone too long without a strong first party release uh which is to say that uh, nobody considers halo infinite to be a strong first party release um this came up in a in a discussion. I can't remember what the uh, uh, what it was for the interview or whatever it was for. Now off the top of my head, but yeah, I discussed it. Said, look, we get it. You know, 
that the Xbox just hasn't had any first-party titles in like nearly basically two years. It's not been it's been a lot of third-party stuff. We're happy with you know we're happy with how things are going in general, but clearly we're lacking in first-party titles for the console, which I suspect is also an attributing factor. Um to the slower growth in Game Pass on the console side. We talked about last week how the growth is still happening on the console side, but it's slowed down substantially, partially due to hitting saturation for the number of units that are already sold for the console, but I also suspect strongly that it is uh, tied to the fact that there's not a hell of a lot of strong first-party titles or exclusives on the Xbox console itself to, uh, to help drive that number up even further. Um... And despite the fact that they, that it is growing, they have missed their targets twice now with Game Pass, uh, new Game Pass subscriptions. So I think the the pressure is really going to be on here in the next year. He did say, however, unsurprisingly, as I have here in my notes, uh, that next year is going to be uh, substantially better. Uh, which I think the whole of the gaming industry next year is going to be a pop off because we're coming out of the COVID lag, you know, the back catalog. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of stuff has gotten pushed into 2023. And so if everything holds their date, 2023 is going to be like a 1998 or like a 2003, 2004 of just like avalanche. Okay, don't, don't, don't get that uh, optimistic. Well, I don't yeah. mean in, ter- in terms of them all being good. I just mean in terms of like how many like AAA games are out in the year. Like the, the odds of it being all as good as the games that came out in like 98, basically zero. But, uh, but you, you know, a man can dream. Uh, but yeah, 2023, clearly lots of games coming in 2023. Uh, and, uh, and Phil was confident that, uh, that a couple of the Xbox ones, uh, uh, of course are going to do uh, relatively well for them, or at least better than not having any at all, which is a good, uh, good place to start. Uh, Microsoft to move the marker a little bit on the call of duty conversation. So before, you know, they were saying, well, we, uh, you know, we're going to keep Call of Duty, if this deal goes through, we're going to keep Call of Duty on the PlayStation for another, like, two, three, four, whatever titles, five to seven years worth of Call of Duty or, or whatnot on the PlayStation before we would make any decisions beyond that. They've changed the tune a little bit, moved that a little bit, and now they're saying, as long as there is a PlayStation to sell Call of Duty on, we will be putting Call of Duty on PlayStation. Now, that could be open for interpretation, of course, uh, it doesn't mean that the that it's going to happen on day one. It doesn't mean that they're going to get all the same content. It doesn't mean that, you know, it, it, uh, there's a whole ways, you, you know, that's a very wide open statement to say Call of Duty, we will continue to put Call of Duty on the PlayStation. However, if we were going to say that this is in good faith, what they mean is literally they're going to continue to sell these things on PlayStation, which would be wise because the PlayStation is outselling their console and it is the primary place that Call of Duty is played at this point. It's more than PC, it's more than Xbox, PlayStation is the place where Call of Duty is played the most. And so, hold on, you want to do me a favor, Mr. Black, and just come up with something to talk about for two seconds, I got a phone call here out of nowhere. All right. Patreon.com slash LegTV, head on over there, all right? Throw all of the monies at the screen, okay? Make it happen, keep the podcast alive, keep it going. If you guys can't afford to show some extra support, perhaps you can get NordVPN. Guys, stay safe. Stay anonymous. 
when you're on <laughs> he sells out bro <laughs> so, so, <laughs> i was waiting for somebody to call me out on it listen man sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta sell out patreon.com slash like tv nord vpn guys get a two-year subscription with a massive discount when you use the promo code ott that's right okay guys you know what a virtual private network is it's basically a a private network that is done virtually okay hence the virtual private network where you can mask your ip to a different region country whatever wherever so that you can access different parts of the internet so for example if you're watching youtube and it's saying this is this content is not available in your region and say you're in canada you can use nordvpn at the click of a button you can mask your ip to the united states all right and then Stop. you, have you did not dump into a sales pitch yeah i'm going bro. <laughs> i'm going this is our ad break i'm just going right into it all, all right, right do it do it so so you can mask your ip so that then you can watch <laughs> that specific content not only that guys NordVPN will make sure that you are safe and anonymous so that there is no funny business when it comes to predators coming after your information. If you're out in public Wi-Fi, you're traveling, you're at shit, you're at a friend's house. Say you just don't trust Adam all that much and you're hanging out at his crib. Use True. NordVPN. Use NordVPN. And you can use it on your smartphone, your laptop, your Mac, your PC. We're talking your desktop. We're talking your iPad. Uh, smart TV. They've got an app virtually for everything. Guys, it's one click of a button. You do not have to be a programmer. You don't have to figure out all these different codes and different things. It is quite literally, oh, I want to mask my IP to be in Ohio. Okay, click. Oh, I <laughs> For want whatever my, reason you want to be in Ohio. <laughs> I want my, my, my IP to be in Turkey. You know, I want it to be in um wherever okay you can do that at the click of a button and with up to six simultaneous devices you only need one account per household guys promo code ott that is nord n-o-r-d vpn.com slash ott use that promo code ott get a massive discount four bonus months you support the sponsor you support the podcast and you support yourself head on over there right now <laughs> and make it happen how did you go from Ohio? Your brain went from Ohio to Turkey. Been there, man. Just it's impressive. Thank you. It's impressive. Uh where where was I? Call of Duty, right? I was talking about Call of Duty. Yeah, that was that was me getting a call that my my car is done and ready for pickup. It uh, had everything done. Uh so uh, yeah, right. PlayStation, where they sell the the most whatever the fuck, yeah, all that all that nonsense. So it, it makes sense to me that Microsoft would keep Call of Duty on that on that console even in the long term because ultimately I don't think personally that let's say they locked Call of Duty up behind Game Pass and locked it up behind Xbox and PC only that they would recuperate enough people buying into their the other ecosystems to make up for something like a hundred million fucking people that own a PlayStation console. Like, and you know that's where that number of PS5s is going. That's that's where this is... PS4 did it. PS5 is probably going to hit 80, 90, 100 mil. You, know, you can't... You, you're not going to get an offset of, of, let's say, you know, if it was a 1 in 5, 25 million people aren't going to jump ship from PlayStation to buy an Xbox or build a PC just for Call of Duty. That ain't going to happen. You might be able to get 20 percent maybe yeah and why do that when you can just fucking keep it over you're getting all the money anyway 
Just, Getting all of the monies. Just leave it there. So, yeah, they, they're changing their tune a little bit. I think this is a little bit of change of, of, of language so that they can help get this thing moving a little faster, etc., etc. But, yeah, I think it would be wise for them to continue to just uh, leave it where uh, it is. This is, however, and to, to, to put an underscore on this, this is an enormous launch for Call of Duty. So, on the in the first 24 hours or so, on Steam alone, so this has nothing to do with PlayStation or any other, co- uh, any other platforms. 240,000 concurrent players it hit in the first 24 hours or so. That's, or 72 hours, sorry. That's enormous! 240,000 people concurrent just on Steam alone. Uh, and also in the first 72 hours, hit $800 million in sales. Damn. In 72 hours. Damn. That's, that's like, that's almost, that's more than, I should say, 1.5 Star Citizens. Damn. In 72 hours. Uh, all of that, Mr. Black, at a $70 price tag. That newfangled $70 price tag. So you know exactly where gaming is going. If Call of Duty yep. cranks out 800 mil on a $70 yep. price tag. That's it. 240,000 concurrent players. That's it. That's it. Sixty nine uh, <laughs> ninety nine US. US. So you know we're 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 looking at about what eighty nine ninety nine. We're looking at a hundred dollars for a game. Yeah. Uh, and this this will be this will be the norm. You know, the, the, it's what, a new what, floor. What call, oh yeah. What Call of Duty just said is is a is a standard now. This is this is like hey, hundred bucks. Deal oh. with it. And dude, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now within. Within five years, five years, video games are going to be a hundred and hundred and twenty nine, hundred nineteen ninety nine. Within five years, I think I think what's going to happen is when we in Canada we're going to go to the one oh nine. That's where it's going to go when we ah. when we sur- when we surpass. Bro, when we, we go that ninety, when you break that ninety nine ninety nine barrier, we're breaking it in five years, hundred percent. We're going back to the Super Nintendo? 100%. 119 for the Super Nintendo cartridges? (laughs) 119.99. That's where it's going. That's where it's going. Shit. That's going to suck balls. Right now, you know what? All of our Australian viewers are going, five years? (laughs) We're already there. (laughs) We've We've been there for 15. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Big, uh, big money for, uh, for sure. Oh, this is not in my notes, but it just came to mind. Uh, Sega. Sega announced a god-tier plan, Mr. Black. You ready to hear? This is some seriously giga-brain 500 IQ business decisions. You ready for this? Sega came out and said, guys, we got an idea. I'm not joking. This, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of saucing it up a little bit, but I'm not, this, there's no hyperbole to what I'm about to say. Guys, I got a crazy idea. You can't. You can't wait to hear it, trust me. This is Sega speaking right now. We got a project coming up. Big money, all right? We're aiming 600 mil in sales. So not quite a Call of Duty, but 600 mil. It's a lot for a Sega title. For what game? Don't ask me these questions. We don't have the answers to that yet. It's just a game. It's a nebulous game. It's Project Win. All right, it's called pro. Well, let's call it Project Win. Six hundred mil. You know how we're gonna make that worth six hundred million dollars? We're gonna make a good game and sell it. 
That's it. That was the press release. That's the, that's the short form version. They used a few more words to get there, but the reality is they said, we're going to make a good video game, and that's going to sell for $600 million. Okay, sure. Okay. So my original right. response to that, I retweeted it, I said, guys, I've got a great idea for a movie. It's going to make $600 million. All we got to do is make a good-ass fucking movie. You just got to make a good movie, man. It's going to make $600 million, no problem. Come on. Easy! Easy, man. Don't worry about it. Why is everyone so uptight and shit? Just make a good game. Sell it for 600 mil. Easy peasy. They need to stick to making fucking movies. That's what they need to stick to. Well, I mean, really. Sonic Train, that's about it. I think they're high on their own fucking product right now. They they need to get pulled out of the depths on that one even. So, I mean, I don't even know. Like, they, they, you know, they didn't start well on that one. Sonic with his crazy ass feet and shit. Weird ass character models and, and whatnot. I mean, yeah, they're on some shit over there for sure. I think they need some sleep. Might help. But yeah, incredible strategy. I love it. Show me more, Sega. Uh, Data miners have managed to dig up an upcoming Elden Ring DLC that looks to include a new dungeon and several new bosses. The current guess, and it makes sense to me, is that we're going to get an announcement about all this stuff coming up at the Game Awards, which will happen in the next month or so. Uh, Usually that's in December, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it's different this year, I don't know. Uh, but uh, either way, that sounds about right to me. An announcement at Game Awards, lots of Elden Ring stuff has been first announced at Jeff Keighley-related uh, events. Wouldn't shock me if this was another one. Elden Ring is kind of like ready for its first DLC. It's been, you know, several months. People are probably just about ready for it. Holiday season coming up. Bada-bing, bada-boom, Elden Ring. Two thumbs up. Uh, after a series of cryptic tweets, Mr. Black, this is my favorite news of the week. After a series of cryptic tweets, one of which I personally managed to figure out walking around in my living room upstairs, this very house, saw the tweet, I ran, I looked at it for about 30 seconds, I said, wait a minute, I ran some quick math. Two plus two is four minus one, that's three. Quick math. And I figured it out. This is Cyan tweeting this. The makers of Mist and Riven and the upcoming Firmament. And I put the numbers in. And I said, what, what if these are what if these are milliseconds? This number. So I put it and I did a calculation for milliseconds into hours, into days, into years. Mm. And it was nearly 25 years to the day when they posted it. It was, a couple, it was like a couple of fucking, it was a, little, it was a couple hours away, one way or the other. And I said, wait! You know what came out 25 years ago, Mr. Black? Riven came out 25 years ago. As of October 31st. Which was the date that that number spat out if you convert it to milliseconds. And so I said, it smells an awful lot like Riven in here. And lo and behold, Monday, October 31st, Cyan announced a complete rebuild of Riven in Unreal Engine 5 from the ground up. They said, we finally got the people, we finally got the money, we wanted to wait until we could do it, you know, justice, because it's probably our most heralded fucking game. Like, everyone knows Mist, but Riven is, like, their most critically acclaimed uh, and appreciated game of the entire series. We wanted to be able to do it right, we finally got there. We got, we still got everyone here, got some new blood, we got the funds, we can make it happen. We've already been sort of working on it for two years. I said, what? Give it to me! And so, speaking of the PSVR 2, remember the one game I said, if it ever came out, that would probably sell me on VR, 
It's a remake of Ribbon. There you go. Now, whether or not they do it for VR, it's they did the, they gave out very little info, but one of the things they said is that it's full 3D walking around. Doesn't have to be point and click. They might add point and click. Oh, it's but they are VR rebuilding sure. everything walking around, and they're definitely... I, I mean, it's expensive for a small team to try and do all of it, but if it isn't on launch day, you better believe their other stuff has been you know, converted to VR. So it's coming. Bro, Riven VR in Unreal 5. Tactily doing puzzles and shit. Ah! I want it. I just hope they don't fuck it up. That's it. This is a danger. This is dangerous. And I bet you they're all sweating fucking bullets right now. They're sweating. They also have Firmament coming, which is also VR. And that's coming out early next year. I'm looking forward to playing that. But yeah, there you go. So Riven Remake. Big money. Oh no, if this is coming out on PC, I'm going to sell everything I own. I'm going to buy the most expensive VR. I'm going to put it in a room that's way too fucking small and awkward for it to work even remotely properly. I'm going to fucking play it in that room. I'll probably accidentally put my foot through the TV trying to do some shit, but it will all be worth it. It'll all be worth it. Uh, An interesting question, Mr. Black, I wanted to pose to you after I saw it uh, coming out of thegamer.com that I thought would be uh, fun to ask. With so many remakes of games going on, It's, of course, evident that they tend to be very good games of their time, right? It's a successful game. It's a previously known quantity. It's a game that we figure somebody would probably buy again if we remade it. All those millennials. So the question is this, though. What if, you know, if you had to ignore to a degree, because it obviously comes into the conversation... Uh, in order to a degree, the the risk factor of going this route for uh, for any individual game company. What if instead of remaking games that were or are already very good, because most of these are like certified bangers that they're remaking. What if we remade games that were close to being good or great, so were good but weren't like Final Fantasy VII, for example. What if we remade those so that they could be brought back and elevated from good to great? status instead so the games that you played that you back in the day you were like you know this is a good game but damn it it's so close to being even better what if those are the games that we should be spending time bringing back and remaking instead of just redoing stuff that's already fucking 10 out of 10 fire what do you think about that as an idea here's a couple of examples i'm sure you could think of other games but some examples i saw people bring up alpha protocol time shift Two Worlds is a big one. That was like the supposed to be Oblivion Killer, and it was like just on the edge of possibly being another Elder Scrolls title. It was probably the closest thing that anyone's ever got to being a Bethesda quality open world uh, adventure game. Uh, Brink was another good example. Enslaved Odyssey to the West was another example back in the day. I'm sure you could probably think of uh, a couple of others that you've played in your lifetime. Went, man. So what do you think of that concept? Stuff that probably sold okay. Was it good but not great? What do you think about maybe focusing on on going that instead of just redoing the bangers? Mm, you want my honest opinion? <laughs> I, 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 can, I feel like I probably know what the opinion is, but yes. Hit me with the truth, Mr. Black. Um, I, think, I, I don't think it should be remaking anything. Fair. I, I think... Um, I think the remaking shit is starting to turn into the whole 
remaking of movie shit. And let's be real. There is very few movies mm. that has ever been remade. That's been a good idea. That has been a good idea. <laughs> or true. that has really worked. I can maybe think of three movies. Definitely wasn't was Ghostbusters. Like, no. I can I can think of like three movies that Which which ones hit your hit your list of uh was worth the time? Um Evil Dead was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a good job with that remake. Um, I actually think they did a good job with RoboCop. I know that's... Um, I think that was perfectly... I mean, RoboCop's like a tough one to tackle because it's like a, a fucking 80s action classic. But I think yeah. they did a pretty good job of updating it. What about Dread? Ooh, Dread was good too. That's a good one. I think Dread was That's legitimately significantly better than dude, the original. I, I, I actually, yes, I fully agree. <laughs> with, I fully agree with that. Um, and Dread was good. I mean, I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure there are others. Mad Max. Like, what do you think about Mad Max as a choice? I think Mad Max was a visual masterpiece, but otherwise was mid as fuck. Yeah, I did. I didn't love it as much as other people did. I'm going to be honest. Um, but. I just think we're getting a little bit too crazy with remakes. And I also think um, they should spend less time trying to make money off the past to kind of like take shortcuts and play with nostalgia and uh, and get good and make new video games. Um, I'm not even against bringing old IPs back to life, but creating new games based on that IP, not regurgitating remakes that half of the community will despise and talk shit and hate on and then the other half is just like eh, whatever i i don't know tron i'm just sitting here thinking of movies i didn't even see the original i i, I don't know you don't um you know guy, guy I, listen i know that they're i listen uh, the fucking the resident evil 2 remake was amazing but so they was resident evil 2 so was Resident Evil 2. <laughs> exactly. Um, there, there are remakes to games that have happened that have been good and not mm. a complete letdown. But there's been so many that have been just bad. Just Resident bad Evil 3. Imports, bad, just bad. <laughs> just, just really, really bad and just playing on nostalgia. So, you know, my hot take is... Move on. I prefer, I, yes. I prefer, like look, like, look at behind me. There is there is so much rich old quality video games there. Yes, a lot of it, pretty much all of it, probably doesn't hold up today like it did back then. There are there are some some games that do, but for the most part, they're dated. In theory, they could be better, but that's the beautiful thing about these games. When these games were printed, there was there was no DLC downloads to fix. There was these no patches. I mean, you got the game, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, if there was like groundbreaking fucking game mechanics, that was what you got. That that was pretty much what you got. And there is something endearing about that. And and there's something um a video game experience doesn't need to be perfect. Um just like a, how a movie doesn't need to be perfect. So you watch some of the best movies in the world and you're going to see continuity issues. You're going to have pacing issues. You're going to have 
maybe um, scripting issues at certain parts of the film, but it doesn't take away from the full, unless it's like very, very obvious and just like, whoa. But for the most part, that's part of, that's part of the magic. It's it, we're, we're searching too much for perfection. And I think a lot of these games are being recreated for the promise that you're going to get what you used to get, but it's just going to be better. And no, no, I've been there, done that. Let it die. Let those games like, you know, rest in peace. Let the let the soul when somebody dies, you don't go and dig up their fucking their grave and take them out of a box and then like, you know, inject them with some sort of new serum that can bring them back to life. And <laughs> Jekyll maybe, and Hyde maybe, you know, over here. Yeah. You you don't do that. Frankenstein. You, you let you you know, you pay your respects. You go there, you pay your respects, and you don't forget the memories. The good, bad, and indifferent. But you don't go there and try to bring it back to life. Or you don't try and then replace that individual that's in the grave with another person and try and turn them into a better version of that. I don't know where I'm going with this, man. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, let it die. Let it go. Some of these games are incredible. Resident Evil 2 included. We don't need a remake. I'm not complaining that we got it because it was good. But like, if it didn't exist... My life doesn't change. I don't think to myself, like, it doesn't diminish how awesome the original was. And if, I were gonna, if I'm ever going to replay Resident Evil 2, it is not going to be the new version. I'm going to go back and play the old version. No matter how good the new version is, that's me. Let it go! No! If that's your take, I've got fucking phenomenal news for you, Mr. Black. You ready? Remember last week we talked about the uh, the trademark for Symbiogenesis from Square Enix and how everyone was like holy shit are we getting a uh, are we are we actually going to get a, a, a Parasite Eve remake? No. No we're not. Because the Symbiogenesis thing was announced today. Mr. Black Square Enix came out and put their micro dick on the table. And they said, "Hey guys, here's Symbiogenesis." It is described by Square Enix as its first digital collectible art project designed from the ground up for Web3 fans, which is a really long-winded way of saying we built an NFT game. And that it's self-contained a self-contained world where a wide cast of characters symbiosis. I don't even know what that's supposed to necessarily mean. All of which could be collected as digital art. Oh, bro. No, this just... No. Uh, they promise to offer an interactive story and dedicated community. Am I selling you on it yet? No, I'm I'm already checked out. I'm already checked out. Square Enix. Uh, yeah, I'm last... telling you, I'm, uh, last thing before, the, yeah. before we move on. I really, truly don't believe that anyone making these remakes, Square Enix included, for this Final Fantasy VII shit that's just being, that, that will be on, uh, that'll be going for the next decade assuming it even ever finishes. I don't think any of them are out to create a better experience for anybody. I think they're just out there to make money and bank off nostalgia. I I really don't. I think they don't go in there saying, oh yeah, we're just going to fucking ruin this. I think they go in with good intentions. Yes. But I I don't think they're losing any sleep over a game that is mediocre 
Um, I just think they just want to make money and, 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 and that's fine. I mean, you're going to want to make money, but try doing it not off the backs of games that we loved and that we do love. Try, try creating something new and exciting. I mean, dude, we're already remaking games that were made seven years ago. Yeah, the last of us thing is a little fucking weird to me. That's that's crazy, man. Yeah. It's just it's just it's nuts. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not even a classic yet. It's already been remade know? before. Like they yeah. already or they already did an updated version of it before. Yeah, it's it's like what are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? We're gonna we're we gonna restart uncharted uncharted as well. Like, you know, you're gonna Don't give them know, ideas. I, but but that's that's where we're going, man. It's a it's it's it ain't for me. It's true. Uh, last little thing here, uh, an absolute Chad ascended, Mr. Black, NASCAR driver, Ross Chastain sets mm. the fastest lap record using the bullshit trick we all used in games for years. And that is to say, just hammer the fucking gas and run that bitch along the side of the outside wall. And he did it. That shit he was fucking, pretty epic, man. I'm not going to lie. He fucking pulled it off. It was pretty epic. He pulled off, and then he's dead ass says in the in the post race interview. He said, "I did that shit in the in the GameCube NASCAR 2005. I didn't think it would actually work, but here we are. Yeah. What a complete god!" Now, on the other hand, that could have gone so very fucking bad. bad. He could have killed himself, others, <laughs> other people. I mean, it could have been very bad. And he actually hit somebody too. From he behind, like, like, at the very end, he like just yeah. nicked them because like, he came out of the corner so fast. They're, the people that were, like, racing beside him were probably like, what in the actual <laughs> fuck? Like, can you imagine? You're on your final lap, and you never see this shit, and there's a dude slammed into a wall going, like, fucking 250 miles an hour just flying around a fucking corner so that he can continue to keep the momentum going while you have to slow down to turn? Chad status, bro. Bro, bro. That shit was, like, that was epic. I'm not going to lie. All right. And I guarantee uh, you, there'll, there'll be rules now where you can't do that. Like they'll, they'll oh, they've got that one. Sure. It's too dangerous because, because you, people people will just start doing that shit, and it's gonna but, be you're gonna end up killing somebody. But hey, you know what? I'm happy that if somebody did it, and it only was gonna happen once, I'm happy that it actually worked as yeah, intended. Yeah, pretty dope. That was pretty dope. It would have sucked like, if it didn't work. Yeah, and he and he got in. He like went up five spots, which qualified him to like make it to the next. Uh, yeah, exactly. The next round. God, so. the radio was like, "Holy shit, you fucking, you did it, you pull it off." It was like, "What did I just? Yeah, what the fuck did I just watch?" He got out of the car and everybody went nuts. It's like, "Oh man, <laughs> you know that guy got his dick sucked that night." <laughs> like, I mean, holy shit, man, he was on cloud nine. Yeah, that, that guy. Was one of- he made he made NASCAR fucking cool for about thirty seconds, man. Yeah, exactly. Straight yeah. up. <laughs> Like the whole world was like, damn, NASCAR is like this. Like I'd watch nah, more NASCAR if it was like nah, that. No, it ain't. It ain't like that at all. It's just this one guy made it fucking epic as shit. That was pretty dope. <laughs> uh, so I only have, I, you only have some uh, short time. I only have about eight minutes. I have to go pick up my car before the place closes. And so we're going to speed. You already did the ads, which is great. I already did it, man. We're, we're solo, right. Solo, it's already done. We're right into what then, Mr. Black? Movies and TV. In a sort of, I suppose, not entirely surprising bit of news, uh, Henry Cavill announced that he will not be returning to The Witcher for season four, at which point Liam Hemsworth, uh, the lesser of the Hemsworths, was uh, announced to be his replacement, uh, which he had, uh, you know, listen, it's not, there's all sorts of like rumors floating around. Henry's already put out his well-worded, you know, courteous fucking statement about the whole thing. Here's my take on it. Some people are like, oh, it's because he's Superman again. No! 
He said something very specific when they started The Witcher. He said, I, w- I am in. I will do every single season of this bitch so long as we stay true to the source material. And you know, the first fucking rule that the showrunners broke was fighting him season one, season two, season three on staying true to the source uh, the source material and got further and further away. And I think as soon as Superman came up, he said, mm, not only are you breaking these rules, but I gotta go be Superman again. So yeah. fuck off. Yeah, I and think. Uh, yeah, I think I think it has everything to do with Superman, but it's it's also has everything to do with what you said. Yeah. So like for example, Dwayne the Rock Johnson got Henry Cavill back. We talked about that. The yes, last they're podcast. same. The same. Uh, yeah. The, uh, agent. His his ex wife is both their managers. Yeah. So he got them back. The old heads at Warner Brothers are gone. The new ones are in. They're they're you know they're getting on this this Dwayne train. And, uh, you know, Henry Cavill has been very vocal for for years about him wanting to return to Superman. He's been trying to do it, but they just did not want him in the role. And apparently Henry Cavill can be tough to work with as well. Um, Don't know how how true that is, but apparently the guy uh, allegedly he can be he can be a tough a tough guy to uh, to deal with, Um, like a lot of movie stars and TV show stars and what whatever. I can't imagine but, he's any worse than than like the average fucking movie star to work with. Who I, knows, right? Who yeah. who fucking knows? Yeah. I think what happened is he was already um he was already dissatisfied with where the show was going, but you know, it's his biggest it's his biggest role. Like he hasn't been Superman for a long time. It was in limbo for a long time. He's been in movies. He's not really much of a, a box office draw, like, believe it or not, like, unless he is Superman. And even that wasn't, you know, a, a, a massive glowing success. Um, but he is beloved in both the Superman and, of course, The Witcher. Now, The Witcher is a full-blown fucking home run for him. That shit's a big hit. It's massive. He's, he's well-known for it, and he loves the source material, and it's a match made in heaven. Hundred percent, but um, when you are offered the bag and a half to be a, now a movie star again, and you know you're going to be one of the main faces of the DCEU, um, and all the fans have been begging for Henry Cavill to come back. He is the best Superman there ever was, and for him to be able to come back to this role, what a perfect exit to leave The Witcher. Bring up the fact that the source material is not what it used to be. So he's got a nice built-in excuse. And then, yeah, he's upsetting the Witcher fans. But if he says that, hey, it's the source material that I agreed upon and now it's different, I'm doing you guys a favor by not participating in this madness. And 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 in such... Those Witcher fans can give him the pass, even though they would love to see him go there. He's not sort of cutting off. He's not biting the hand that feeds him. You know, he's he's got a legit reason, and now he can go be a movie star. And, you know, hopefully those people will go and support him as Superman and show up at the box office so they can continue to do it. Not only that, what I think will happen, and I'm predicting it, is he's going to do well as Superman. Superman will do marginally well. It'll, it'll, do, it, it'll do fine. But I believe that he will return in The Witcher, but long down the road. I think they're going to run this bitch 
with 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 the fucking budget Hemsworth, and they're gonna they're gonna change the source material. They're gonna do all this other stuff, and they're they're gonna run with this this idea, whatever they plan on doing. And the show will probably still be decent. It's gonna lose a lot of fan base. It's gonna lose a lot of steam. But I think in like five years, seven years, ten years, whatever years it's gonna take, that when The Witcher is over and it's done, he'll come back, and they'll reboot this thing. <sighs> And they'll they'll pick up where they left off as the real Witcher, the source material, and they'll bring and they'll bring him back. I'm calling it out. That's a bold I'm claim, calling, Mr. Black. I'm calling it out. It's gonna take a long time. He'll be back. Here's my here's my theory. Or here it is. Oh, last okay. theory before you go. Okay. Last theory. Or he starts <laughs> he becomes the voice in the video games. And they bring him through oh, on the video tough. game side. Because the guy that's already doing the voice, that's tough. Okay. He's coming my, back one way or he, another. I don't know how, but he's coming back. Here's my prediction. The closest thing that we're going to get to him reprising his role as Gerald of Rivia is in a Netflix anime of The Witcher. That's possible. I think the mainline Witcher shit that he's leaving right now, budget Hemsworth, dollar store, Walmart value, Costco food samples, Hemsworth, is going to go into this with all good intentions, yeah. look like a five-year-old dressed up as... Well, he better get on the juice ASAP. <laughs> he better be juicing as we speak. He better have a needle in each cheek. And he but he's got a baby lifted. face. How in the shit are you going to look like Gerald of Rivia with a baby face? It's just not dude, gonna I, happen. What I hope, what I hope happens, dude, and 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 this might this might actually this might happen. They might retire the main character. There's all kinds of witchers. He might go at the end of this next season, and and Liam Hensworth might actually be a different witcher, and he can play this character. And then when 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 fucking uh, Henry Cavill comes back. He can reprise his role. So are they going to do? Are they going to do a Final Fantasy fifteen here, Mister Black? Where, uh, where, where Gladiolus and Prompto and uh, and Ignis all individually walk up to the main character and say, "Hey, so I've got a thing that I've got to go do. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll be back. It'll be P- it'll be paid DLC when I return, but I'm just going to dip." It's and possible. I'll be right back. So, it's so yeah, Henry Cavill is going to dip, dip to go do a side quest. You know, then we're going we're to have a long side quest, bro. It's giant, be... Then we have giant tiger Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> giant tiger Hemsworth, dude. I, it's going to be I a different think... Witcher, and then, yes. and then Geralt comes back from his side quest. Yes, yes, and continues. Yes, okay. I think that that's what I, I accept think... that. I think that that's what's going to happen. It's either either going to be a side quest or he's going to look like he dies. And it'll 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 change yeah, the like, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it looks like he dies but he's not actually dead and then 5 years down the road, 7 years the Witcher might be done. Like it might not it might not last more more seasons with with Liam. But if it if it does, say it goes on for another 3 years um and the show ends. I'm telling you, man. There's going to be a reboot for The Witcher, and he's coming back. And you never know. 
if Liam actually does a good job, which he might, he might end up doing a great job. Obviously, they they know something that we don't know. Like I'm sure a lot of people have auditioned for this role. But he was he's, cheaper than Henry. Uh, uh, oh, he's definitely <laughs> cheaper than Henry. Um, but you never know. They might build him up. He could be a different Witcher, and then Henry comes back. And maybe That's, now I would have... be willing to accept that, but I don't think they're that fucking smart. I think I they're just going to put Liam Hemsworth in. Oh, bro, He's going to be, be mid as fuck. He's going to look like a five-year-old dressed up on Halloween playing fucking Gerald of Rivia. They're going to try and make the show work. Maybe it happens for two more seasons. This season, kind of like four and five. And then the fifth season, they're like, nah, because nobody's watching it anymore. The, the, view, the view time will be like probably cut in half or less. With Liam steps in, you can't do three seasons with the mo- like. We're talking the only role that I can think of, just immediately off the top of my head, that is a more perfect fit is is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I can't think of anyone else, given how much Henry Cavill knows the books, like memorized the games, everything, and is so in love with this character and actually looks like Gerald of Rivia. Yeah, bro. He's got that Warner Brother money now, he man. He sounds... It's everything. He's, he's Superman now, bro. He's Superman. He's got the green light. He's going to get his own movie. He's going to be in all these other fucking... These other movies. He's going to be a movie star again. And 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 as an actor, what do you... Like, you're going to sit and play the fucking Witcher? And, and make, what, a few million dollars a season? Fuck that. You go play Superman. Make, you know, 10, 15, 20 million plus have, you know, back, back pay. You're going to make way more... You know, and 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 who only knows? And there's also rumor that he might even be coming back um, for Mission Impossible, or there might be some sort of spinoff for his character. Uh, I don't know, man. I just think I personally think he is better than The Witcher in terms of um, opportunity. But I also know it's a passion project, and he loves it, which makes him perfect for it. Um. I just love to see. Yeah, him he's go already back. got I, a I, bunch I, of money, so like, if he wants passion projects, he's got the money now. If yeah, he wants I to mean, paint, uh, if he wants to paint Warhammer 40k, we'll, like figurines, and do Witcher for the rest of his life, he could easily do that yeah. shit and not give a fuck. But also, we, you know, when you're running, when you're making seasons of stuff, like the filming is long. You know, if they if they got to oh, do tough. movies, man, you got to. They, they're on a strict schedule. That you know, when you're when you're talking Marvel DC. They got to they got to film at certain times no matter what to fill certain things to have certain release dates. It's all going to fit together in this big long storytelling of multiple movies. He had to make a tough decision and he had a good out because they're starting to to move away from the source material and I can't blame him. I guarantee you if he never got Superman back this would have never happened. He would have just kept you know trucking trucking along until the next big thing happened, but it did so by Here we are. And goodbye, Technical Alpha. We'll be answering your questions next week. I'm going to be late to try and get to this fucking service station before this car is no longer retrievable uh, for another day. And Mr. Black has got a meeting. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for Technical Alpha this week. Just just copy past to your questions. Tech support from this week to next week. And we'll get back to those questions uh, in the next week. Just an awkward day uh, all around. I was expecting this car to be done earlier in the day, but it was not. And so, got to bounce. Until next week, guys, stay safe. Have a good one. And peace! Peace.